Welcome to the Innovation in Financial Inclusion podcast. I'm Andrew Wallace. And I'm Paul Vick. We're from Community Finance Solutions at the University of Salford. Community Finance Solutions is a research unit specialising in financial inclusion and affordable credit. In this episode, we'll be talking about problem debts and over-indebtedness. This is a major problem in the UK. According to the Financial Conduct Authority, one in four but were behind their payments in 2022. To learn more about this topic, we've spoken with Muna Yassin and Helen Webb. Muna is the chief exec of Fair Money Advice, a London-based charity that provides free money and debt advice. Helen is the National External Partnership Manager of Christians Against Poverty, a charity that provides money and debt advice to tackle poverty across the UK. Since recording this interview, Fair Money Advice has rebranded and is now called Rooted Finance. Muna, can you tell us what is over-indebtedness? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, over-indebtedness, as defined by the Financial Conduct Authority, the FCA, is somebody who's struggling um, with a heavy burden for their credit commitments or their bills um, and um, uh, kind of uh, key commitments, but also anybody who's missed a payment in the last three to six months for their credit commitments and their their bills. Um, but typically what we tend to find is people don't realize that they're over indebted because they're managing um, their credit cards or their, their, their consumer loans and maybe running behind with a utility debt or um, are robbing Peter to pay Paul or paying for things on credit cards to kind of manage. People actually don't see themselves in debt until it's too late. Um, so what I would say is, um, if you are using credit to pay off other debt, and if you are using your credit cards, et cetera, to pay off your essential bills, for example, your food bill or your, your shopping, um, things can escalate quite quickly. And you can find yourself in problem debt very quickly. So I think those would be signs that you are in over-indebtedness and you are potentially down the road to over-indebtedness. Could you expand on the consequences of over-indebtedness for your client base? Yeah, I think I'd like to describe it in two ways, really. I think the first way is the the real tangible consequences that people tend to focus on, which is um, the financial consequences. So either you are uh, about to lose your home, you, you can't afford to pay for food, you have loss of goods and services, um, or you may end up being down the road of um, bailiffs, repossession, um, disconnection etc so that's really quite tangible but actually I think there is a hidden consequence that people don't take into consideration which is around people's uh, emotional well-being people's ability to be able to kind of function um, on a day-to-day basis the impact that has on people's physical health um, and their relationships but also I think the stigma and the anxiety leads to um, isolation loneliness um, and really detaches people from day-to-day activities. So I think over the long term, those tend to be actually more the severe consequences uh, on people's well-being that's, that's, that's not talked about as often as it should be. And then what is the nature of the debt problems that your clients face and how has this changed over time? Yeah, absolutely. So Fair Money Advice is a um, specialist pan-London debt advice organisation. So London is a multicultural Um, urban environment and a lot of our clients come from diverse ethnic communities 
And so what we tend to find is that um, most of our clients, because we're a specialist organization, are referred from other agencies. So that could be local creditors, that could be other VCSC organizations. And typically we are referred clients at crisis point. And we're also referred clients who tend to have multiple uh, uh, needs and have uh, multiple social welfare needs as well. And what that typically shows is because we're receiving referrals from other uh, organizations that um, don't have the, the complexity and the specialism to work with those clients, we're most typically working with clients who are in very vulnerable circumstances. And so a lot of that is reflected in the debts that they present to us. So for example, uh, priority debts are, are very prevalent amongst our clients. So they're not able to, and a priority debt is where uh, the consequences are more severe if you do not pay. So something like your, your, your rent or your mortgage um, or your utility and you face disconnection, for example. So a lot of our clients, um, six out of 10, I would say, have priority debts. And they tend to have uh, two or more priority debts that they owe. Um, and then there are the typical credit commitments around um, credit cards and personal loans. Um, we're seeing a massive trend in water bills over the last three years. And I think that comes from the fact that obviously uh, water and um, is slightly different to other utility bills. There is no disconnection. So people are able to kind of flex those payments a bit more. But it's a good indicator that people are struggling. Um, and I think we're also starting to see that a lot of our clients are also um, typically in food destitution. And so what will happen is they will cut back on essential things like food uh, and fuel to, to be able to meet some of those commitments. But I would definitely say that um, rent arrears, uh, water arrears, um, other utility debts and your typical credit card and store cards. Interestingly, over the last few years, we've also started to see a, a big spike in buy now, pay later bills uh, and arrears. And that tends to be amongst younger clients, um, but also as a trend through the pandemic where people were doing a lot more online purchasing. Um, and, and that started to be a, a, a payment method that was um, uh, kind of sold to people without recognizing that actually it, it is a debt. And if you miss a payment, it will also affect your credit credit rating as well. From your experience, what are the main drivers of debt problems? Yeah, I think income is a massive issue amongst our client group. And I think low income. Um, so typically people think that actually people are overspending or it's bad management of their, of their finances. Um, and I would say that that's completely not the case. We're in a cost of living crisis. And actually, a lot of the clients that Fair Money Advice supports have been affected and have been squeezed for over a decade um, with the, the kind of policies around austerity, the changes in benefits. Um, and because of the client groups that we tend to work with um, tend to be younger families with larger families, that has had severe impacts on their income. But also the, the nature of, uh, of, of work and, and the fact that obviously people are in insecure employment a lot more nowadays also has a massive impact on their ability to meet their, their monthly commitments. And so I think we've seen a huge influx of people who have uh, irregular income, um, uh, fixed costs that are immovable, and also a massive rise in inflation and the cost of living. And to live in London 
and to survive on some of the wages that are that a lot of our clients are are working on and typically working um full time um and, and trying to be able to to meet rental uh kind of costs in london um that in itself is a massive driver to to people falling into debt and it's not even about luxury spending what are the characteristics of over-indebted households? So I think typically five to six years ago, you could have you could have given a typical answer to that. So you could have said it would have been a household that was either solely reliant on benefits or had benefits um, uh, making up their income and that there would be uh, children, dependents in the household, um, and you could say that actually there would be um, some characteristics around disability, um, long-term health conditions. But I think over the last three years, and especially since the pandemic um, and the cost of living crisis, we're starting to see a lot more variation in our clients and the people that are affected. Um, I would say that there is a massive trend amongst uh, private renters in London because of the cost of uh, private renting. And so typically we're starting to see younger people in that catchment. Um, there are also characteristics around people who do have long-term health conditions and who aren't able to work, um, affected um, obviously via the, the, the kind of restrictions around benefits and their ability to be able to increase their income themselves. I also think there's a, a, a massive influx of people who are working over the last five years. So typically we are starting to see people who are working full-time jobs, sometimes two jobs, um, and still find themselves in a position where they are sliding into debt. Um, and I think the other key characteristics are you have a migrant population in London uh, and people who have thin credit files um, or have had problems with their credit rating in the past and have used things like buy now, pay later or um, high cost lenders. Um, and I would also say that actually anybody who's probably affected by the poverty premium and who are on prepayment meters is a pretty good indicator that actually there could be issues uh, and that typically is people in social housing. Of the households you've spoken about, what are the key debt remedies available to them? So I think for every any person that's in debt, the first thing I would say is absolutely seek advice and seek advice early. And I think every good advisor and debt advice organization, the first thing that they will do is they will look at um, what your commitments are. So it will be a case of listing your debts. Um, and then every advice journey starts with understanding what your income is and what your expenditure is. And then from there, you can make good decisions around um, what are the best solutions for that client. Um, and they can then take an informed decision. So I think what I would typically say is that you can group the, the remedies into two groups, informal and formal remedies. So your typical informal remedy is um, finding out what your kind of uh, disposable income is, doing your income and expenditure, and then coming uh, to an agreement with your creditors around a reduced payment. Um, and that is typically called a debt management plan. Um, it's a really useful tool. Most advice organizations um, would recommend that for somebody who uh, is in a position where it's a short to medium term debt issue. And there is an opportunity to be able to increase those payments. And there's an opportunity to be able to make those reduced payments over a reasonable 
number of years or time to be able to clear your debts. Um, where you have more entrenched or emergency needs, there is now uh, something called uh, a breathing space that was introduced by um, the government, which allows advisors a really good tool in their toolkit and allows them to be able to freeze all action on uh, somebody's debts. And that allows up to 60 days for somebody to seek advice and get the, the, the support that they need um, to be able to then come back with a solution. So if you are in an emergency situation and there is imminent uh, possession or, or, or um, bailiff action, you're able to go in and get that support. And then you've got your more formal remedies, which are around, um, there's something called a debt relief order. So if you typically have less than £35,000 worth of debts, um, have no assets, um, you can go to an organisation like Fair Money Advice and um, have your debts uh, written off um, and it's a process that is uh, like bankruptcy but it, it it's a much uh, less costly solution so it costs you £90 to be able to process that and it's an opportunity for people to come debt free um, and also start their, 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 their journeys again but again it, there are consequences to that so there will be an impact on your, your credit history um, and your credit file but it's also a really good opportunity and a solution for people who have long-term uh, um, entrenched needs and, and, and don't see a way of being able to pay off their debts uh, via reduced incomes. And then there are things like IVAs and bankruptcies, which are more formal as well. So what I would say is that there are good solutions depending on your circumstances, um, whether it's short-term, medium-term or long-term debt that you're in, but I always seek advice and always recognize that actually there are some sometimes that a, an advisor can work out that actually you're not liable for that debt or it, it's actually there's been too many fees added on. So really speak to somebody um, who can give you that impartial advice and check whether or not actually that you are in a position um, to, to, to pay or to seek more formal, formal remedies as well. You've spoken about the opportunities of these debt remedies, but what are the limitations of them? Yeah, absolutely. So I think an IVA is a very good example of some of those limitations. So sometimes people are, um, because they have uh, surplus income, are advised to go onto an IVA when actually it's not appropriate for them. They don't have any assets. Um, it probably makes sense to be in a more informal debt management plan as opposed to a formal IVA. Um, and I think, obviously, if there are issues around gambling or fraud or any 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 uh, potential areas that the insolvency service could look at your, your, your application for a debt relief order or a bankruptcy, it's always best to be as honest and have those conversations with your advisor to ensure that you don't start a journey that something will then come up afterwards um, I think there are limitations to obviously um, what an advisor can do with a negative budget um, and I think we're starting to see that more and more often so what tends to happen is uh, clients are coming in and they actually have nothing available at the end of the month um, and I think that's where things like the debt relief order um, are even though they would not want to go through a formal insolvency process um, lots of clients are having to find themselves um, they have no other option because there is no, no surplus income at the end of the month. So um, 
yeah absolutely and and obviously there are times where somebody's um individual circumstances if they have medical needs if they have mental health issues um advisors can ask creditors to write that off um and we can be in a position to provide the evidence to do that so it depends on there are opportunities and limitations on each different solution and it's really about that individual conversation with your advisor to find that out and having that conversation as honestly and as early as possible so that they can ensure that the right solution is found for you. Thank you, Mina. Now moving on to Helen at Christians Against Poverty. Helen, what can you tell us about the nature and extent of over-indebtedness in the UK? But So what I can tell you about um, the nature and extent of over-indebtedness is really that, so let's talk about that briefly about the, the Money and Pension Service who are estimating that 9.3 million people need their advice in the UK. With the numbers kind of those of those at risk and who need money guidance going up to around 11.8 million, that is a lot of people. And here we are with a cost of living crisis, which will and is going to continue to impact the situation. And so we see what we're seeing is those on lower incomes with like hugely increasing expenditure and really would anticipate that the number of people needing debt help is going to be rising in years to come, as you would imagine. So Christians Against Poverty helped about 9,000 clients last year via our debt help service, um, with uh, 1,946 of those became debt free. And we work with people all over the UK, so in all regions of the UK. Um, and although there's kind of small regional differences in what we see in terms of debt, we, we just see the similar picture for the clients in, in every area. Just one or two regional differences in, in volumes of you know, the amount of debt people have got. Um, so here we're basically seeing people wait, essentially, to seek debt advice. And I think that's a big part of this picture important in terms of the bigger picture and sometimes like the impact of what's going on on our nation now can take time to outwork in like the numbers of those seeking debt advice so it's 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 an important factor as part of this and in the 2022 client report that we released half of our clients were waiting over a year to seek debt advice and a quarter waiting over three years now, the reasons that they're citing for the wait is they thought they could sort things themselves. They didn't know where to get debt help. They thought nobody could help. So there's a bit of a theme there. But the really striking and really hard hitting and really sad thing is that they felt embarrassed, ashamed, guilty and afraid. So those are really are oh, very emotional, and very significant factors for people um, who then have to pick up, obviously, a telephone call and phone for help or go and see somebody to get debt help. Um, and our new inquiries team at, at CAP are taking, you know, hundreds and hundreds of calls every week from people who are indebted and dealing with um, people who are feeling suicidal, people who are utterly stressed out about the situation that they find themselves in. And that we are not unique in that. You know, every other debt advice organisation will be experiencing the same. And I think, um, so what we're saying is we know that people are waiting. And so at the moment, we, I, you know, we would say that we're barely starting to see the level of indebtedness that will start to come over the following years. We have we have a problem as a nation, don't we, that we won't talk about money. Um, so the reality is it takes, um, you know, an income shock of some kind, like something breaking 
or you know something that needs to be replaced or even major things like redundancy or illness um you know to for people to seek help so that's a that's a major barrier in terms of of, of seeking help and actually if we look back looking at indebtedness we thought there was going to be a really big problem in people seeking debt advice after that covid you know the covid pandemic but it didn't really happen because the government had brought in interventions like furlough but in this situation what we're seeing now around increasing prices rising inflation obviously income not rising in in like relation to that so more people we're seeing more people being pushed into poverty um, and particularly for so from our perspective, I'm, I'm talking now for those who are really solely reliant on income from Social Security and of our clients, that's about four in 10, 42 percent of our clients will be in that situation with nine in 10 receiving some form of Social Security. Um, they've got to contribute more to their living costs. Um, and we can go into this a little bit more, but I'm talking about things like council tax, you know, people having to contribute to that now. And paying things like spare room subsidy for the houses and the benefit cap and things like that. So all kind of reducing incomes and reducing the income, particularly that was available for them to live on. And I think so in terms of like evolving or evolving debt advice, what what the, the picture we're seeing here at CAP is really stark. We're seeing those priority debts are, are slowly increasing in comparison the non-priority debts. Now, let me just context. I'm sure most of the listeners will understand about priority debts, but they're things like rent, so rent arrears, mortgage arrears, gas, energy arrears, water. And basically, I describe them as the bills you need to pay to keep yourself connected and to keep yourself in your home. So they're really important and um, things you need to pay. And priority debts for our clients last year in 22 um, made up four, four in 10, so 39% it was of a client's debt balance. And compared that to two years prior to that, when it was um, 33 percent, because we already had a six percent increase in two years. I've looked back to our 2014 client report and the percentage of priority debt was 23 percent. So essentially what we've done, looking at when we gathered the data, we've seen a 16 percent increase in priority debts over eight years. So that's kind of really significant. So for the money um, you know, that people are getting from Social Security, They've now got to pay more of it back to local, central government, more to their bills. And so less and less is available for those living costs. Um, in fact, of our clients, 43 percent had deductions from benefits for debts that they owed. So that's a really significant chunk of people who are you know, up to 25 percent or more of their money is being paid you know, towards other debts that they owe directly from their benefit. And obviously, if we're adding that to the cost of living crisis, and I know we'll talk a little bit about it later, but we're we're seeing a really concerning pitch developing, especially for those on the lowest incomes. OK, and then just in terms of what would you say are the most prevalent types of problem debt that your uh, clients are seeing? Mm. So the most prevalent debts are definitely the priority debts. So the really important bills that the clients need to to set, you know, to pay. So of those, um, the top one would be council tax arrears. So that, you know, has increased over the over the years, definitely. So council tax arrears, water arrears would be another one. And then obviously increasingly energy arrears, so those gas and electric bills. And obviously that um, that really impacts people who are on prepayment meters. And I think it's really important to say that now because they don't have a choice. They have no choice about whether that debt is collected 
from their prepayment meter. That is what happens. The debt is collected, um, you know, and so they're topping up their, their gas and electric. And a huge chunk of that is immediately being taken for their arrears. So that means that their ongoing usage is really limited and really affected by that. And obviously bring into play that that is massively happening. It's real time. So it's winter now. So, you know, people were having to put a, a lot more um, money onto their prepayment meters to, you know, to pay the gas and electric. So a bit of context there. So in the summer, it would be wouldn't be quite so bad, but they've got no way like probably you or I have of being on a credit meter, paying that regular standard amount every month. So it's really impacting them. And then that would be followed by rent arrears um, and probably benefit overpayment, that that kind of thing in terms of. Um, other debts, so what we call non-priority debts, it will be things like bank loans that they're paying, credit cards, overdrafts, mobile phones, you know, catalogue debts. It's those those kind of things that, that people are paying. So, yeah. You've said that a lot of your clients are seeing their incomes fall as a spending and increasing proportion of their income on essential goods. But are there any other characteristics of over-indebted households? Yeah, no, it's interesting because I think um, some of the characteristics are things like we have a really high percentage of single clients, which is interesting. Um, but it's also interesting from the fact that so many of our clients are struggling with relationship breakdown and relationship issues because debt is such an emotive subject and, you know, can cause arguments, as you can imagine, and has done for a number of our clients. So they cite that a lot, you know, when we're surveying them and asking them about their experience, you know, before they came to work with us, they will say that relationship breakdown is a big issue. So it really is interesting. Lots of the clients single. Um, they are, I mean, 42% would have had a deduction from Social Security. So I've mentioned, obviously, um, those benefit deductions are very significant. Over 50%, so half of them will live below the poverty line. So it's back to, you know, the low incomes. And they'll be renting their properties. The majority of our clients are renting their properties. Very few of them are actually, you know, able to, you know, to buy property. And the in, the age spread is between really, it's quite broad. It's between sort of 26 and 60. And we would say a higher percentage, you know, of the population coming to us within that quite broad um, age bracket. I think there's some other things. I mean, I can talk about these now or later, but I just kind of feel like the, if we look at the clients, um, they have a lot of them have support needs. So they're coming to us with key support needs. And by that, they're citing to us things that are happening to them that make them, um, you know, vulnerable, really. And so the biggest one of those is mental ill health. I think it's really important to mention that. Um, and the percentage of, um, you know, clients coming to that to us with mental health issues has really increased quite significantly. And the sort of things they're talking to us about are obviously things like depression, anxiety, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder, bipolar. You know, there's a vast range of mental ill health issues that people struggle with. I mean, obviously, people do come to us with physical health issues, but but that it's that that challenge for people of trying to balance, you know, a mental health issue and being in debt. And you know, I've you know seen it over the years. People who who um, you know, it's not all about overspending. It's just about a complete lack of capacity to be able to deal with your finances because you're struggling so badly with your mental ill health. So it's a major, major issue for people. Um, and that really impacts, I suppose, their ability to live. And I think it's the, the shocking stat. And this really is the most shocking stat that I ever share with, share with people 
is that at the moment in the data for last year, 36% of our clients said they'd considered or attempted suicide as a way out of debt. So that, you know, that is really, really shocking. And, um, you know, I, I talk a lot with our, you know, referral partners and people like that, but it's, it, it is shocking that, um, you know, a third of everyone that's ringing our helpline has, you know, probably felt that way or is feeling that way when they're engaging with debt advice. You've spoken about the types of debts over-indebted households face, but what forms of debt remedies does Christians Against Poverty offer? Sure. So, um, the first, well, one of the, one of the, well, I was going to say one of the main ones we offer is a debt management plan. So that is a way that people can repay their debts. And, and what we do is we negotiate as a as a debt counselling charity. We're sort of sitting in between the creditors and the clients and we're negotiating um, on their behalf and explaining their situation to the creditors. Obviously, there's there's only so much information we can share with them unless a client gives us authority to share about maybe a medical situation that they're facing. Um, and then we're negotiating with the creditor based on having prepared, obviously, an income expenditure for the client, how much disposable income they have. So how long, you know, would it take them to afford to repay their debts? And then we're working with a creditor, a creditor on that, because the reality is actually. So that's one of the main things we offer. But the reality is these days that most of our clients actually are so low income and have no disposable income or low disposable income, they can't actually go to a debt management plan because otherwise they'd be paying it for like 40 years you know and that is that that is just a completely untenable length of time for anyone to be expected to live on quite a restricted budget because that's what you know what you know what we we work we work with the clients you know as we're putting together their income and expenditure um, and then the essential things that they need to pay and a certain amount of food and then the rest of it obviously we'll look to see how can we how can we get them debt free so now 63% of our clients will pursue an insolvency route. And there's two main types of insolvency that we offer. Um, the first one is a debt relief order, which is really you could think of it as a I'll call it a low income, low asset. But it means literally that you wouldn't have a property if you're going through a debt relief order. You may have a car, but the value would be under £2,000 and you would have to have um, under £30,000 worth of debt and, you know, a restricted amount of disposable income. There's lots of parameters that you have to fit into to go through a debt relief order. Um, but for the really majority of the clients, um, debt relief order kind of works really, really well for them. And we would support them through that. That costs £90. So from an affordability point of view, it is more affordable than the alternative insolvency rate, which is a bankruptcy, where the cost there is like £680 to take somebody bankrupt. It's really, really expensive. So you can imagine if you're already in a situation where you haven't got any savings, you've got no disposable income, you're in debt up to your eyeballs, finding that kind of amount of money is, is truly challenging for people. But obviously we, you know, we work to see if we can get bursaries. We'll work to try and save money with people, do all sorts of things we can so that we can take them through a bankruptcy and really relieve them from that, you know, the debt that they're struggling with. That That is our aim at the end of the day. But often um, people don't fit into either one of those boxes. Now, let's say we do offer solutions in Scotland, um, so DAS and sequestration and those kind of solutions. Um, but there's another team that we have, which is called a resolutions team. And what we're doing is we are working with those customers or clients who aren't quite yet in a position 
to pursue one of those um the insolvency routes or a debt management plan so they might have something going on like um, they may be inheriting money which would be great but they may have a really messy divorce that they're going through and so that will take time to resolve and time to work out you know financial agreement so during that time we will place them in our resolutions team and work really hard with them providing evidence to the creditor and obviously talking to them and just keeping them supported really while we work out what the best way forward is for them which is why it's called a resolutions team and i think um you know that's a team that's well provided i suppose it's been invaluable really for a lot of our clients um because they they the sort of clients we need really need a lot of them need a really supportive a really holistic service and so that is a really good way of providing that kind of wrap around that people need on top of just having you know that the actual debt advice itself all of our services right the way through from the beginning to the end you know the support available locally through the center that go out and see them and a befriender if that's what somebody wants but also the telephone support that's available from our debt counseling teams who are based in bradford it's all part of the cap um, the cap service what did you take away from these interviews paul First thing I took away is that the severity and magnitude of that problem seems to be on the increase. One of the notable things from the interviews is that there has been a significant increase in priority deaths. So that's people who that's so that's for example things like your rent or council tax or utility. So they're all bills which you know there's much there are significant consequences if you don't pay them compared to, for example, uh, a loan. And, and that really indicates that people are struggling if they're not paying those type of bills. So Christians Against Poverty have seen an increase from around 20 to 40 percent, so doubling over the last few years. Um, and not surprisingly, one of the big drivers of financial difficulty is the cost of living crisis. It's putting people under greater pressure because of increasing utility costs and generally increasing uh, costs. And I think, you know, with this increasing pressure, there's, there's clear consequences of this over indebtedness. And I think what was most striking from what Helen said was that one in three of Christians Against Poverty's clients have considered or attempted suicide, which is, you know, quite um, quite quite striking, but if you, you look at the other consequences, such as uh, the you know the impact on mental health, you know with people with people um, developing mental health issues from the stress of over indebtedness, and people also unable to deal with their finances because they have uh, their pre-existing mental health issues, you know with many you know ranging many uh, mental health issues ranging from you know depression to anxiety to PTSD, but unlike another consequence of of um, of mental health consequence of um, uh, of over indebtedness is uh, the relationship breakdown. You know, Helen spoke about that debt is an emotive subject. Um, you know, it causes arguments between couples. So I think there are many wide-ranging consequences of over indebtedness. It's not surprising, therefore, that many of the clients or many of the people that come to see Christians Against Poverty and Fair Money Advice have long-term have some form of long-term illness whether that's the mental health or in physical health 
Um, another common denominator is that they have low uh, irregular incomes and a lot of the clients are in rented accommodation and Muna was talking about how they're seeing an increase in people in private rented who are seeing an, an increase in, in, in rent they have to pay to be able to get onto the private rented market in, in London uh, and also she's seeing a greater variety so more people who are for example who are in work who wouldn't typically otherwise uh, go to them and my, my final sort of key finding is that people are not seeking help when they realize they're over indebted and there's many you know many reasons for this the first one being that many don't know where to go for help you know there's not one set website where they can find this help uh, another being that many thought that they could manage by themselves, which I think links back to Muna's point that, you know, people don't realise that they're actually in over-indebtedness. But another point being that many feel too embarrassed, they're ashamed or have a sense of guilt or afraid to seek help until it's too late, that, you know, they're, they're at crisis point. So, you know, linking back to what um, Muna said, that the remedies for, for managing over-indebtedness are more effective when they're implemented earlier rather than later. So I think to summarise the, the two interviews, we could put that into two points. The first being that over indebtedness is on the rise. You know, it's not within one demographic group. It's within many groups, but mainly, you know, especially within people who have low incomes or in rented accommodation. But the second point being that, you know, debt advisors you know, could better help these people deal with their debts if they sought help earlier rather than later. In the next episode, we'll be talking about borrowing among low-income households with Neil Alexander from Fair For All Finance. And that's the Innovation in Financial Inclusion podcast with Andrew and Paul. If you want to find out more or contribute to the discussion, go to hub.salford.ac.uk forward slash CFS or follow us on Twitter at CFS underscore SBS. Bye for now.